Trending news right now. Two minutes past four. What's happened in social media in the last 24 hours? We look at that uh, with Pumelelo uh, Mashifane, who is our social commentator as well as 013 News journalist. How are you today, Pumelelo? I'm actually not I'm good. Thanks. How was the weekend? Very cold, though. It's cold. <laughs> it's so cold. No, no, the weekend was cold, was gloomy, was wet. I didn't leave the house. Yeah. I think we just needed yeah. to stay home. I also don't know why I looked, actually. Okay, but I guess it was in the evening and it was indoors where I went on Saturday. Yeah. And I've, I've been home yeah. the whole time, so I just needed to just catch a break. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even answer the door when people knocked. Are <laughs> <laughs> you one of those people so who does me. that? No, I'm one of those people that does that. <laughs> and they're like, but dude, we can see your car parked here. You are in the house. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not coming. And you put your phone on silence. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. All right. So let's uh, start today talking uh, hashtag ANC Etequini and uh, Zandile Kumede. So the Zandile Kumede, who was former Etequini mayor, has been elected as the ANC chairperson in the Etequini region, uh, even though she's uh, facing charges of corruption. Absolutely, I find a, um, a riveting weekend in the political space, um, especially in the ANC, uh, with a lot of regions uh, holding their elective uh, conferences. Uh, two amongst these, Etiwini, uh, which is a very strategic re- region in terms of ANC politics, because it is the biggest region in the country, and going towards conferences that normally constitutes the largest voting bloc. Second to that is the region of Eshanzeni in Pumalana, the second largest ANC region if we look at last uh, conference numbers. And both of those, um, definitely the RET camp uh, emerging victorious. Um, I think uh, a lot of interesting things came out. It came with a con- uh, uh, conference, highly contested, I find. I mean, the conference started on Friday with registration and accreditation but they couldn't move past credentials, um, and the conference only started uh, yesterday morning on a Sunday. So they, le- they literally lost a good two days uh, because of not agreeing over credentials. And and, and the key issue there was that um, uh, the the Tabaniyawase camp wanted the RTG to be given voting rights, which the other group, uh, the, the Gometa group, said, no, it's not in the guidelines of the conference. Um, and the RTG members are not allowed to vote or to be voting delegates. And so there was a lot of debate around that. Um, there was a lot of horse trading during that time. Um, and one of the things that came out is the issue of brown envelopes that were flying around, mm-hmm. um, purportedly coming from... Uh, the Nyawasa section, according to people on Twitter, who appear to be delegates at the conference and they're posting these brown envelopes with hordes of cash. But uh, yeah, um, Etegwini a Etegwini a strong woman, if you can call her that, Zadile uh, Kometa, really coming out on top there, despite her uh, facing those corruption charges and actually being on the step aside route. We saw the same uh, thing happening a week ago here in Pumalanga where Mandram Sidi mm. murder accused um, former MEC and uh, elections coordinator of the ANC in the province uh, was elected as treasurer and 
soon after that on Monday, uh, Treasurer General, uh, as the acting uh, Secretary General, Paul Mashatile, writing to him and reminding him that he must, even though he's elected, uh, he should uh, remember that he's still on the step aside. As you say, I mean, he, she was, Zandile Kumete, standing against Tabani Nyawose, speaker in the Tokini Council, as well as Mtunzi Lamini. So her winning then by 210 votes, the, allegedly the fi- final tally, against uh, Tabani Nyawose's 181, I guess would speak to that the there were clear uh, decisions in terms of which camp one is with within the ANC. It's not a close one. 210 versus 181. Absolutely. I think um, analyzing these conferences that have been taking place uh, starting last week, Asanda, one gets the notion that uh, there is contestation in conferences. On the one hand, it's something very good uh, because in the the last sort of previous dispensations or leadership uh, of the ANC, we've seen people emerging unopposed. We've seen people um, not being contested. Uh, so on the one hand, you've got uh, a triumphant internal democracy. But on the one hand, it gives us an indication that the numbers um, are really um, stacking up against uh, uh, the president's camps uh, in various strategic parts of the country. Tabani Nyamose had said that he's vowing to bring stability to the metro should he be voted in. The sentiments he held before this whole, uh, I guess, voting uh, even took place. Can somebody like Zandile Komede, who's standing trial, I mean, that trial, that uh, fraud, corruption and racketeering trial, be somebody to bring stability to the metro? Yeah, I think... I think um Given the numbers that we saw, clearly um, her supporters are in the majority, and one would have to look at the antithesis of that, uh, Asanda, and say, what if Tabaninya was a one, and um, and mm. these other people being in their majority as they are, um, what kind of instability would they bring? Um, I think uh, she's enjoyed a lot of support over the years since her being charged about four years ago, um, being asked to step aside and all of that. Um, and, I, and I think um, even though, as Tabani Nyawasa was saying, she's going to bring stability uh, in Etiagwini, we know that uh, Etiagwini is currently hanging on tenterhooks after they had to fight tooth and nail to just retain that metro municipality, one of the, probably the only ones the ANC still governs in the country. And therefore, um, even though uh, Zandi Lekumete has been seen to be um, facing charges, but it looks like ANC members and uh, the ANC branches continue to express uh, the faith in her to lead the organization. All right. Well, let's leave that one there. But uh, talking more on the political front and Chris Hani yesterday, it was the 29th anniversary of his murder, the murder of the SACP leader uh, who was gunned down outside his home in Dawn Park on the East Rand by Polish immigrant Janusz Walu. So South African Communist Party leader Blade Nzimande is uh, going to deliver a keynote address at at this on the 29th. But what happened yesterday, the president... So, uh, paying tribute, also have, having his own things to say there, and the uh, Ni family and SACP leadership laying, uh, laying wreaths 
at uh, Chris Honey's tomb at South Park Cemetery in Boxburg. After yesterday, uh, what do you think should be part of or headlining that address by South African Communist Party leader Blade Zimande? I think um, I found on the Chris Honey issue, it's become uh, sort of a, a one-way monologue. Every year we listen to the SACP saying uh, we still want the truth uh, from Janusz Walus. And we know that um, they've, they've pretty much contested every time he's asked for parole and saying that he should disclose who are the people who ordered the hit on Chris Honey. As um, everyone knows uh, that he wasn't acting out of his own volition. But uh, that is the message that we continue to hear sort of um, every year. And it's, and I think it's, it's gotten to a point where people um, have become desensitized. If you look at yesterday and the significance of the day and how many people actually um, took part in the commemoration, whether online or um, in, in, in person. Uh, but what was also significant uh, about yesterday's event, Asanda, was that um, the new mayor of Eguruleni, um, DA councillor, mm-hmm. uh, presided over these commemorations as the city of Eguruleni is the custodian of these commemoration and holds the event every year, the reclaim ceremony. And a lot of people commenting and saying, well, um, we never thought we'd see this day when... Um, you know, uh, leaders of uh, uh, the, the former oppressors, as long, a lot of people are saying on Twitter, uh, would uh, preside over and, uh, and lay wreaths on the graves of those who laid their lives down fighting the very same um, sort of ideologues. Mm. So the president, our president Ramaphosa, paying tribute, saying now that now is the time to intensify the struggle for free, just and equal society, but also saying it's a time to rebuild the ANC. Is it also one of those things we'll always hear in these types of speeches where those who have been overlaid, I guess, a legacy in, in terms of the ANC will never be left alone in, in terms of what they need to continue to bring about within the ANC? Yeah, I think it's the kind of rhetoric you hear from political leaders all the time. Um, and I think it's uh, just indicative of a lack of accountability where uh, we don't do what is right uh, when we're in the positions of authority, but then we want to uh, maybe invoke uh, dead spirits, so to speak, uh, to to come and summon all the ancestors to say, um, you know, they must, in their name, we must rebuild the ANC. Uh, in their name, uh, we must intensify the struggle and so on, but you don't actually see it uh, happening. So I think uh, from, from where I sit and analyzing uh, those type of events, uh, they just wax lyrical and uh, pay lip service uh, to actually something that we hear time and again but never see it being actioned. Mm. As, as you say, on the closure issue, ANC, NEC member, Gwede Mandashe, uh, talking about that legacy as well, but also saying they... There's no closure here. That death is not the end. Also, when it comes to looking at things from a Christian faith perspective, so his life uh, lives on, or his legacy lives on, Krizani. Absolutely. Uh, I think um, a lot of people still remember the day. A lot of people um, who um, were alive during that time 
um, remember the significance of this day and, and, and how it almost brought this country to its knees, how violence continued uh, to spark up, especially in the East Rand after that, the black-on-black violence that we know today was state-sponsored with guns being flooded into the hostels. And, and it was a very, very tough time for South Africa. And those of us who are alive um, or, or were already grown at that point to see what was happening definitely remember the significance of this day. Um, I mean, I was, what, seven, eight years old at the time, but I, I, I distinctly remember that when the news broke, um, it was as if this country is going to burn. Mm. Uh, I remember my parents making plans for us to leave uh, the urban area to go to the rural areas if anything could happen or any violence could start. And it was, it was, a, it was a really, really, really tough time. Talking of murder, let's talk hashtag Senzo, the trial of the five suspects who are accused of uh, being responsible for the murder of the Bafana Bafana captain, uh, former and the late uh, Senzo Meiwa. It's expected to start uh, today. There's also been a, dec- a documentary about this uh, whole mystery and uh, that's been airing uh, over the... Ne- I think it's launched this weekend on Netflix because I was watching it yesterday. Uh, but let's talk about that, the, the suspects uh, that are accused and them uh, expecting to, you know, be coming forward again this Monday in terms of uh, a standing trial. One of the accused, uh, Muzi Stembas Bia, has been sentenced to 12 years in jail for another crime. And this was when he attempted, it's like an attempted murder case, I guess. And he's also accused of shooting his girlfriend in uh, December 2014 after she allegedly wanted to blow the whistle in terms of his involvement in this murder case. This is really one of those movie-like storylines. And I don't know what you make of that first, that one of the accused is already sentenced to 12 years and what that will mean then for this trial that starts today. Yeah, um, I'm not holding my breath about uh, this trial, um, Asanda. Actually, this topic is, 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 is quite personal for me and when Gazagila sent it to me yesterday to prepare, I almost wanted to tell her to mm. take it off. Um, funny enough, I lost my brother under mysterious circumstances on the very same day that Senzo Miyua was killed. And to this day, we don't know what happened. The police have never told us anything. The toxicology report was still outstanding eight years later. And this is the kind of injustice that many people witness in South Africa when their loved ones die. The, the significance of this is there's such a well-known person. So many well-known people were in that room and probably the media attention then came and followed that. And even with that media attention, we still don't have justice, even till to this day. We still don't know what happened. A lot of funny things have happened around this case. We know that for for years, from the time Sigil Mbalula was a uh, police minister, he would preach that we are this close to arresting these people, we are those, this, this close to bringing them behind bars. He left office and Beggy Keller took over um, uh, you know, the the trumpet blowing exercise, and we've never seen anything uh, coming up until now. In fact, one of the funniest things we saw was um, this group of accused people who once rocked up in court wearing T-shirts saying, we don't know why we're even here. And they had T-shirts printed, and they were standing in the dark and saying, we don't know why we're here. We've been arrested mm-hmm. for other crimes. Um, and they took us out of prison and brought us here to stand 
trial for this. And so it's been very mysterious what is happening. I think many South Africans eager uh, to, to to learn what happened on that day. Um, and and that documentary, I think, also an effort to try and bring the truth out, to try and piece together all this information um, that 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 is is available, whether um, in in a in a in a legal way or, or acquired in another way, uh, but piece together this information to try and draw a picture of what happened on that night. My condolences for your personal experience with this type of, uh, you know, thing. And uh, your brother, may he rest in peace. And, and it must be difficult as a family in that. It's, and it's quite crazy that it's similar to the Chrisani uh, story where there is no closure. And I can imagine how you are triggered. So uh, thanks for opening up about that. This documentary, and I was watching it, I think it's in five or six uh, parts, different parts. And, and what I've seen so far, as you say, there's so much that just does not connect. At some point, there's even a traditional healer that was called uh, and, and to you know, speak and say whatever their side of the story was. This traditional healer claiming that there are two members who were in that day, the day, I mean, in the house when uh, Senzo was killed, who had come for cleansing. And now the other angle becoming, but you don't go for cleansing if you haven't done anything that needs cleansing from, which would be uh, either killing somebody or being involved in killing someone, this Sangoma was saying. I don't know if that we can, you know, take that, what he was saying, into part of the investigations or if that's going to be sensationalistic. I think even when the time that the story did come out, um, it, it did appear to be quite sensationalistic, uh, the media also uh, taking that line and always noting the story for its sensationalism, and, and somewhere along the line, uh, perhaps uh, the, the real story gets lost in there. But I think um, definitely those things indicative of uh, the whole mystery that surrounds this thing. Uh, if you remember, the, 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 there was a, there's another angle in the story where uh, uh, the child said, I don't like these. So um, it's people who were in the house that day, I think the Senzo's child, um, saw, um, I won't mention the name, mm. but um, said, I don't like these uncles because they killed my dad. Now, how, do, how does a child can remember that, but you have a group of adults who were in the house and know, none of them mm. know what happened? Um, and the other thing is, why haven't police, uh, you know, acted on the people who were in the house? Because from face value, or from what at least the media has uncovered, um, if someone knows the truth, and therefore, if you withholding information from the police, uh, the police sometimes act that they can arrest you and put you under questioning, and, and, and all of that. But we haven't seen that. Uh, and I think uh, with this documentary coming out over the weekend, there are other people saying, arrest the people who were in the house mm. and the truth will come out. And one of those people who were in the house is the famous musician Chico Twala's uh, son, who I think it's Luanga uh, Twala, who his, his uh, um, uh, recording of the events or recalling of events was that when the so-called gunmen entered the house in this apparent robbery, he fled the scene. And he had his cell phone with him. When, but at the same time, 
the question was, well, if you fled the scene, you ran away. How do you know? Because later then he says then Senzo was shot on the chest. And the question was, how do you know where he was shot? Because you ran away. You went there. You wouldn't have seen anything. So there are yeah. a lot of questions. But Afri Forum being called to assist, I mean, that was also in the news. Uh, the brother saying we were so tired of waiting for the law. Uh, or the the police, and we try to get any other avenue that we can in terms of finding the truth. Afri Forum being involved, uh, what do you think of that? I think uh, a lot of mixed reaction at the time that Afri Forum was called by the Mayua family, especially I think uh, that family has been through a lot. Um, uh, Mr. Mayua Senior, uh, you know, even leaving this earth without knowing the truth about his son. We know he was very vocal. Um, saying, um, South Africans, please help us to get to the bottom of what happened to my son. But absolutely, Afriforum getting involved in that, and I think that has, has led to somewhat um, of the police or the prosecution picking up uh, their boots uh, regarding this and, and, and actually um, getting to the point where we see tomorrow um, the trial beginning. All right, from uh, battles for freedom and uh, the law to be just and do what it needs to do to battles of uh, boxing, Kaspar versus Nak Music. The musicians, uh, they took uh, some blows there, uh, boxing each other at that Celeb City boxing match over the weekend in Sun City on Saturday night. And uh, Nak Music, I think everybody knows by now, is the one who won that match. But tell us about this one. Yeah, um, Celeb City, uh, a concert by Casper uh, Gilvest, and I think apart from the boxing, uh, a lot of people coming out and praising Casper Gilvest uh, about him really being a a, a marketing genius, mm. um, in that he he's managed to do what the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture has failed to do, which is revive the sport of boxing. Um, absolutely, they went to. Uh, Sun City over the Celeb uh, City bouts that uh, are being used by Casting Vest to challenge other celebrities to a boxing match in an effort to revive it. And um, Casting Vest uh, being forced to eat humble pie uh, this past weekend. Uh, we know that he's been on top of the game and knocking out other celebrities since the concert started. Uh, one of the people that uh, uh, were first in in, in his uh, in, in the ring with him uh, was uh, Flick Talk, a mm-hmm. YouTuber and blogger, uh, who also took part in this weekend's event. But definitely fans being very entertained, uh, waking up quite late on Saturday night uh, for that fight. But uh, by all indications on Twitter and uh, on Instagram, uh, people feeling that it was worth the wait, it was worth them staying up uh, to watch the entertaining uh, boxing match between between the, 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 the two award-winning musicians. Yeah, you have to give it to, to both of them, I think, you know, uh, the, just the sportsmanship as well as the marketing genius Casper is. I mean, it was an entire weekend of events there. Um, as you say, reviving the whole arts industry, which is great. But the performers there, one of them, were the 90s group TKZ. I think the youth and dial of SFM know them exactly very well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I need to do any background info there. But they performed at, uh, at the match on Saturday night. I would have enjoyed that uh, performance, but I wasn't there. But it appears that uh, people are not happy with their performance. Why? 
You know, you know what I actually think, Cassandra. I think <laughs> you said that was sleeping. <laughs> so they're not the ones that enjoyed the performance. Oh yeah, that's the problem. It was the young ones, about two thousands, who don't appreciate TKZ. I think the two Ks are the ones that had an opinion on this, <laughs> and it's sort of like they don't even know what it's about. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, so I think that was the, the disparity in that. Honestly, when I analyzed that trend, I realized that, no, um, you said, darling, you know, your 80s, they actually appreciated and they, they chose to blame the DJ for messing up the sound. Um, and they didn't want to blame TKZ for being off tune um, and all of that. But mm. um, I think the guys deserve some slack. I think they, they haven't performed in all of two decades. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't released an album in a long time. They've all split up and done their own things. And for them to come together and um, sort of try to celebrate the celebrity culture uh, that obviously spoke about testing universe being the mastermind of bringing all these different elements into one area in order to revive um, the sport of boxing. Yeah, we would have but loved yeah. that performance. And also, yeah. I mean, that Lalama Pansula song links to the whole thing of what was happening. See, the young people wouldn't know this. <laughs> you know, but where I where I blame TKZ, Asanda, is why didn't they recreate the scene? Yeah, actually. Because they rocked up in jeans and all-stars, but all of us who know the song know that the video is about boxing. It's yeah. in a boxing ring, and they're all wearing the boxing robe and stuff like that. So I felt they could have been more creative. They could have recreated the wardrobe. They could have recreated the scene for the ambience. For the yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's end off with hashtag Ruan and hashtag Pabi. Uh, Pabi Muloi, the media personality. She's denying that she was ever married to Ruan Adam. So I think there was some spat going on between the two where Adam is demanding half of what he says is their estate as a couple. And uh, they are reaching breaking point. So, but she's saying, but we were never even married. So, what do you mean you want something of mine? Yeah, apparently, Ruan says um, he's married to Bavi under customary law. So, um, I don't know, uh, did he pay Lobola and um, maybe slaughter a cow? Uh, because this whole thing of, of customary marriage is, is quite blurry, um, Asanda. I've mm-hmm. done a story recently about it uh, where. Actually, I think a lot of people, I discovered that a lot of people never knew that once you pay Lobola and there is a ceremony, and that ceremony is recorded, there are photos of it. That is as good as a marital contract. Even though mm. in customary terms, uh, we can say, you know, you still have to do all the other things, but the law, once there is a letter that says these two families met and agreed on this, and there is a celebration of sorts afterwards, that's marriage. Um, and actually, the onus is on you to get an antinatural contract once you have taken that step in your life if you want to separate your face. Um, so, this is just a bit of background on yeah. this customary law thing. Uh, but yeah, um, Bobby Malloy in, in a tiff with her, um, what many people say is baby daddy. Uh, but baby daddy seems to be saying, no, we're married and mm. I have title to um, everything we own. Um, and, 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 her, and his lawyer is writing to, to Bobby Malloy asking her to disclose 
um, all the assets uh, which are in different locations, um, such as vehicles and stuff like that, uh, so that they can be counted into the estate. And um, her lawyers clapping back and saying, um, you don't even have a right to ask for those documents, and therefore uh, we're not going to oblige. So, yeah, it, mm. it, it seems like uh, a bit of a celeb breakup uh, to is brewing. Uh, around that. Could it be then maybe if there is a child involved that Ruan uh, Adams uh, had to pay damages because that is another custom that we have for the child and maybe misunderstood that as paying Lobola? What, well, how do yeah. things work in that case if you've paid damages for the child and you are living together and maybe for him it was his way of uh, saying I'm paying my respects to you as a family so that we can be a family. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That could be that could be one um, of the things. But I think also journalism not coming to the party over the weekend, uh, not really getting down to the bottom of the story, mm. um, sort of having lawyers speaking in the story and actually no one actually getting to the actually news newsmakers in the story and actually finding out where does Ruan um, stem his. Um, is claimed from. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting if, if that is the case and, and what was decided because, uh, you know, in customary marriage, if I'm a moshid, I can come yeah. to say, I'm, I'm coming to pay my respects because I acknowledge what I've done. And in the middle of those negotiations, we then say, no, actually, we, we, we have intentions of ulobola and building a family. Uh, in this home, uh, and and then those what starts out as you paying damages ends up with you walking out the door with a wife. Yeah, yeah. So that that is something that happens quite commonly in culture, uh, or in in in, in these kind of um, negotiations uh, or or customary practices. So to speak. Okay. Well, let's leave it there then for today. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you'll keep warm and uh, maybe take the vitamin C's before we get sick and all that thing, all those things that we know come with this type of weather. <laughs> Thanks for even for your today. Time. I'm not leaving the house. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking. Oh, I still have to drive this, the kids to school. Uh, do I really want to do it today? But anyway, we have to adult, I guess. But thanks again for, we have for to your time. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and and yeah, I'm, I wish I could be you staying home. Thanks, Pumelelo. Pumelelo Mashifane, O13 News journalist and social commentator, discussing what's happened in social media in the last 72 hours. Our question today Do you think a movement like Operation Tudula is necessary? That's our poll. And uh, your responses on SMSs, Emmet K1. You're saying, morning, Asanda and the team, Dudula movement is unnecessary. It will take the country back to the Middle Ages or Dark Ages where uh, marauding bandits roamed and terrorized settled communities in the small town situated next to the Roaring Orange River in the northeastern Cape, my hometown. Thanks, Emmet K1. And then Lizwi in Margate saying, good morning, Asa. The hand of South Africans is being forced relating the matter of foreign nationals Foreign nationals need to abide by South African laws when in South Africa. I may not agree with the methods applied by Operation Tudula, but the lack of rule of law, its enforcement thereof, with foreign nationals ends up affording legitimacy to movements like Operation Tudula. Thanks, Liz, we there in uh, Margate.
on our WhatsApp line, um, Elfas Ngobo in KZN saying, Maplangwe, this Tutula movement has got the potential to spur vigilantism. It seems like our country is walking on the pre- precipices of becoming a failed state. It is the duty of the state to address the issue of illegal immigrants. Are we a country on autopilot? Question mark. Thanks for your views, Alphas in uh, KZN. And uh, this from Anonymous saying, good morning. This Operation Tudula is uh, going about the wrong way. They should know where to channel their anger. This is why Malema gains a lot of respect, because he knows land is the only way to freedom. And then uh, it continues that message. But let's read that for now. Alex in Standerton just saying, Mulweni, Asanda and the team, it's cold and wet. Just hope that ESCOM will hold on to supplying electricity uninterrupted. Fuel for generators is too high. Yeah, that wouldn't be nice, eh? Being in this cold and then there's no power. No ways. And then uh, another anonymous saying, does this operation Tudula also include all foreign nationals or black only foreign nationals? Question, I guess that is there. And that's a good question. I also uh, think we had a little bit of a conversation around that in terms of we focus on, I think, the black foreign nationals. But we know uh, South Africa being a rainbow nation has all sorts of uh, foreign nationals from all parts of the the world. We've got uh, people from Turkey here. We've got people from Portugal. We've got Germans. We've got the French. We have so many, the Chinese, all those people. Is anyone looking at them? I think that is a good question. Maybe that could be a poll question for another day. Let's hear then via voice notes what you have to say.